welcome back in billiken fans uh we are doing a special recording tonight uh for two reasons uh one being that we have jack raboyne former billiken walk-on and uh member of uh the eastern illinois staff under um marty simmons he is is graciously joining us and we will kick it over to him soon enough but first uh, we've got pressing Billiken talk. Uh, Peter, uh, the Billiken women are going dancing again, and they are heading to Ole Miss for their first round match uh, of the NCAA Women's Soccer Tournament. Uh, I don't hate this draw. Neither do I. I think in, in terms of the first round, it's a pretty good draw. Um, Ole Miss not being one of the top 16 seeds, the way the women's bracket works is there are a top four seeds in each bracket and each one of them has more or less a pod. And um, we play Ole Miss, which is not a seeded team at Ole Miss. And then in the second round um, is where it gets tricky because that's where a number one seed Rutgers, I think they were the number three overall team. Um, Rutgers would wait on the other side if they get through Bucknell. Um, so first round, definitely a favorable draw. Things get a little tougher after there, but, um, but yeah, I'll take it. And historically speaking with this women's soccer team, they've really done pretty well against major, quote-unquote, major conference teams. Uh, last year, of course, they went to Arkansas and uh, beat them handily 3-1 uh, at Fayetteville. Uh, and then the tough 1-0 uh, OT loss, I believe it was in penalty kicks at home to Oklahoma State. That, of course, was the game where uh, the Oklahoma State player showed COVID symptoms and they took her to get tested, uh, delaying the game an hour or so. Um, you know, so this is this is not anything new uh, for the Billikens playing a, a major conference team with uh, a winning pedigree. I mean, a year in 2019, they played Iowa State uh, and won one nothing in OT. So, um, I mean history is kind of on our side in a way history is yeah i think so um and, and it it also feels like um you know slew's playing their their they're probably their best soccer of the year down the stretch here um which is good because the last time we kind of played a stretch of power conference teams in the beginning of the season the non-conference schedule um it, it, it was a little rougher going uh xavier iowa kansas louisville purdue you know, those were all uh, one goal losses, except uh, Kansas was was a two nil loss out at, at their place. So um, certainly you have to if, if you get past the very beginning of the season, um, this team has done very well against this type of opponent um, in, in recent years, for sure. Uh, I think the only thing that's not on our side necessarily is the fact that of the four Pete season, uh, the Billikens have yet to. Uh, come away with a, a victory in the NCAA tournament. They lost 2-1 to Kansas in, I believe, 2018. They lost 1-0 to Notre Dame in 2019. Of course, they lost a heartbreaker in 2020 to Washington. And that was, the score was 0-0. Uh, and they, I believe they lost in penalty kicks, if I recall correctly. So yeah. 
yeah after after a double overtime um you know just just battle of a game this actually when you when you go back through all of those this actually feels like kind of a more favorable first round draw than any of those um in my opinion yeah i don't know why i don't know why i feel that way because i legitimately don't know a lot about all miss i just feel like the sec women's soccer is good but we've tended we've tend to match up well against sec teams in recent history and i think i think this senior team is uh, the senior laden team is going to be hungry for that first uh, NCAA tournament win. Uh, I think we had a bad draw last season with Washington. I think that was an odd matchup. I thought we should have come away with a win. I think we did hit a couple posts in that game, if I recall. I believe at least one hit the crossbar. Um, so, oh, and of course, you, you lost Hannah Larson right before that game as well. But we got, we can't, we can't talk about the Billiken women's soccer team without talking about that. So uh, I think the Billikens are looking good going into it. I think, um, I think I'd be nervous if what happened against Dayton happened against UMass, but I think the Billiken defense stepped up. Sophia Stram uh, was back in the lineup and, and they looked solid. Uh, they didn't necessarily control the, the possession like you'd like to see in the first half but they turned it around in the second half and completely dominated uh, that UMass team. Yeah. It's, it really comes down to, can they continue what they did in that second half there? Um, they certainly, it, it was like watching them come alive and you wonder how much of that they can kind of harness and, um, and, and, you know, take that, take that game film back and go, here's the things that we were doing. It felt like they were winning every 50, 50 ball. Um, it felt like they, they were making really good decisions with the ball at their feet, um, knowing when to get rid of it. Uh, just they saw the field well. Everybody just seemed to be playing with a higher energy level, um, especially after that that second goal went in. And then it just, you know, the floodgates opened from there. So if they can kind of uh, keep that going um, and, and draw from those lessons, um, I, I wouldn't want to be Ole Miss on Friday. Uh, looking more specifically at Ole Miss, uh, they come in 12-5-3, and 6-3-1 three, uh, in conference. Uh, they had quite a few – they played a gauntlet of a schedule, Pete. Yeah, they did. I think I'm seeing, what, um, five ranked teams here in the regular season and then another one in the conference tournament. Yeah, I mean, just uh, an impressive – well, I mean, to be honest, they're all – all of them except for one were uh, in conference. Right. So 2 0 win against number five, LSU, uh, a 4 1 win at number 16, Arkansas, a team that the Billikens did beat last season uh, on the road in Fayetteville. Um, 2 1 win versus number 19, South Carolina, a 2 2 draw against number 19, Auburn, and then a 3 0 loss. Uh, against UCF when they were number 17 in the country. Um, so I, I think a lot, a lot of this comes down to how, how strong do we think the SEC is as a, as a conference, you know, like there's, these are relatively short seasons. You're talking about a regular season that's somewhere from 15 to 20 games for each of these teams um, when you include conference tournaments. And um, so you're only getting like six or so, chances maybe maybe a few more than that um against outside conferences and, and they're playing their games against you know 
Middle Tennessee, Arkansas State, South Alabama, Samford. Um, so obviously UCF is, is a good opponent there and they drop it three nil. Um, but then, but then, yeah, you're really, you're really relying on these rankings being solid to go, okay, well, the SEC is a good conference, but uh, I guess we'll see. Cause I look through this schedule and, and Ole Miss is not a team that scores a whole lot, you know, mostly when they're winning um, they're, they're only needing two goals to do it. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting because if you get to the next round against Rutgers, that's definitely not the case. They score a ton. Yeah. It's going to be a little nervy. I think, I think that makes it a little nervy because uh, this is a team in the, in St. Louis university that has struggled to score uh, pretty much the entire season. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the kind of matchup where two goals is going to be enough for for whichever team gets there. there there's a little bit of local flavor on this uh, on this uh, Ole Miss team. Uh, Channing Foster, a senior uh, for Ole Miss, uh, played for Scott Gallagher uh, for one year, I believe, and won the 2016 uh, ECNL North American Championship. She transferred from St. Charles North High School in St. Charles, Illinois, uh, to uh, Mayfield, Kentucky, to Graves County High School. So, um, and, and she does a lot for this team. She, she's got 24 points on the season for this Ole Miss team, nine goals, six assists. Uh, leading the way in points for Ole Miss is Haley Stackpole. Stackpole. Uh, she's got 25 points, five goals, 15 assists, uh, filling the net uh, alongside Channing Foster is Molly Martin. She's got 10 goals with only one assist. Uh, so, I mean, you know, this is a team that can score, uh, but they, they do play very well defensively. Looks like almost all of their goals came from four different players. Um, the three you mentioned, plus Mo O'Connor had six. And then um, there were only, what, five goals outside that group. Um, so it seems like it, it really comes down to how much can you neutralize what they're trying to do with those top four. Yeah, and it doesn't look like two, four, six, eight, ten. Tw- there's, they maybe play, you know, 15, 16. I think the Billikens run a little bit deeper than that. Uh, but uh I, I think this is gonna be this is gonna be actually a really good game. I'm I'm a little upset that it's uh, at the same exact time as the the Billiken men play Friday night, uh, but it's you know it's make sure your phones are charged, everybody, and um, you know don't turn the volume up too loud at the game. Yeah, it's uh, you know we were just talking. It's gonna be a crazy Friday too with um, with the men's team going at noon. Um, in the A-10 tournament, and then you've got the U.S. men's national team. Unfortunately, no Tim Ream on this uh, on this time around. But um, but that's a later game. But uh, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild Friday for sports, especially for soccer fans. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I feel like we just did this like six months ago uh, with the uh, with the women's soccer NCAA tournament. Well, yeah, I think we did. Didn't we? I know. Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's going to be exciting, and I'm 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 bummed that I think I think it was was it women's soccer and St. Bonaventure. This no, that couldn't have been that couldn't have been possible. But no, I just I remember sitting the home on a Friday night and enjoying a few beers and watching uh, watching some women's soccer in the NCAA tournament, and unfortunately, uh, 
it's going to be a little more difficult this time around, but uh, hopefully they go on and, uh, and pull off the quote unquote upset and we're watching them uh, next week. Yeah. And if, if they do get through um, the second round against uh, the winner of Rutgers and Bucknell, which, you know, obviously Rutgers is the heavy favorite would be on the 19th. Um, so we would have another full show before we get to that one. And, and uh, you know, we don't want to preview two teams and, and, and jinx this one before we, before we get to it. Absolutely. I, I, I'm excited. Uh, just of note in this tournament, um, a couple of teams on the Billiken schedule, uh, your, uh, your city's team, uh, Xavier, uh, made the tournament. They take on Milwaukee in the first round, uh, with a potential matchup against another number one seed in Virginia second round, uh, SIUE takes on Notre Dame and they're in a pod with another Billiken, uh, another Billiken opponent in SI, uh, in, uh, Purdue who takes on Loyola Chicago, who the Billikens beat last year. So uh, that's that's a couple of note or teams of note that are in this tournament. Of course, Arkansas is in this tournament. They're a two seed. Uh, of course, we mentioned the Billikens beating them last season as well. So, yeah. Yeah, you know. it, it's a strong field. Um, it, it looks like they kind of do their – they don't have these necessarily labeled like, uh, like they used to – like the men's basketball where they've got like the South and the Midwest and the, the West. Um, but that's – it kind of looks like they're at least potting teams to kind of look like that um, and keep it relatively geographic. Um, but it's, it's a good field and uh, you know, salute salute definitely has their work cut out for them. Were you surprised that we did not get uh, a seated team? A little bit. Um, when I was uh, just kind of looking at some stuff on Twitter before uh, you know, the draw, um, I think it was, uh, I think I was telling you about the, the A10 women's soccer fan account was kind of giving some, some possibilities as to where they might go. Um, Xavier was one of those and I was kind of rooting for that one. Um, but I also thought with an 11 RPI that Xavier would be seated and it turns out they're not. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I kind of thought given the season that SLU had, um, I did, I thought we were pro- maybe, maybe punished is not the right word. Um, but I thought they'd look at the overall record and kind of the lack of success they had in the non-conference and, and give them a pretty tough draw. So I am surprised to see, um, to see them not facing a, a one, you know, a one through four seed in the bracket. Yeah. I think this is a, is a weird, it's weird because it is a tough draw in that you almost have no shot at, at coming out of the second round. Um, I don't want to be, you know, doom and gloom like that, but comparatively speaking last year when they had a, a number four, um, uh, I mean, it was, it was almost as tough of a draw, if not tougher, I thought, uh, in a first round matchup, at least. There's also the, the travel component of it as well. Right. right I mean, right. um, cause SLU had to go, um, Where did they didn't they go out to Washington? To, no, I'm sorry. They were, they were, that's right. These games were all last year, all in North Carolina yes. um, at various sites around the state of North Carolina. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I, I think I remember there being kind of a, a chaotic travel schedule last year as well, but anyway, um, you know, that, that's certainly always a component. And I guess, you know, Washington's coming all the way across the country, but 
um, that wound up just being a tough matchup for them. And, you know, slew obviously dealing with a fresh injury and everything to a key player um, played a role in that one too. Yeah. I, I'm like I said, I'm pumped up. Uh, this is a huge weekend for the Billikens uh, across all three major uh, major sports or two major sports that uh, the Billikens compete in, in basketball and soccer. So um keep an eye on women's soccer where you know maybe at halftime and and maybe uh maybe the athletic department will put the uh the women's soccer game up in the uh the 1818 bar uh at Chaffetz yeah that'd be cool I mean certainly um I'm guessing this thing's going to be streaming so um there there's nothing that would be holding them back from doing so you know I I did do a little research on this a while back because I was curious why there aren't more bars that just host ESPN plus or like that just don't show any game on ESPN plus they feel like it I know Amsterdam Tavern here in St. Louis does because uh, they show a lot of the Bundesliga and then they'll show the Premier League next season Uh, but apparently there is actually a a license so it's similar to like when you show a UFC fight a pay-per-view you have to have a license mm. to show like you have to have a business license for ESPN plus instead of just a commercial like it's a commercial account instead of a uh, uh just a personal account so um, I wonder if that's that might uh, preclude uh the bars from showing it okay yeah I, I wonder if that applies on campus or 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 not I don't know yeah that's an interesting uh interesting take i'll i'll uh i'll see what i can't dig up and uh, we'll tweet it out uh if we can find out if they will uh if they'll be trying to uh, get it to the fans inside the arena somehow so so let me ask you this um yeah. tough know- matchup on the road uh what's your what's your prediction for this one and who are your two key if you got to pick two key players on slew that are gonna you know get them this win against Ole Miss, who, who are you picking? I think Halverson has to continue uh, what she showed in that second half against UMass. Um, I think uh, we're going to need Hannah Frederick to return the goal-scoring form she had last season. Uh, and, you know, uh, I think if you have someone like Matt and Summers show up uh, the way she did against UMass, I think we're in a good spot. I think um, – I think this one goes to overtime and I don't know what happens from there. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I was actually thinking Halverson and Summers myself in this one. Uh, um, I like that. Or maybe a recency bias just based on how well they, they played. Yeah. In that, I think in that I think, tournament. I think it's all about continuing the momentum. And I, think- I would like to see uh, Piricelli just be a just a, a brick wall in this thing and, and just make good decisions, be just really sound. Um, I think she's kind of an X factor for SLU. Um, she's definitely and- a game breaker for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll call it 2-1 for SLU. Overtime or not, I think, uh, you know, I think I think they could do this one. Um, and, 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 you know, just just take it from there. Yeah, I, I, not to take a big right turn, but if you guys haven't gone out to see uh, the men's uh, Instagram account, men's soccer Instagram account, they posted a great angle of Patrick Schulte's save. You mentioned, uh, uh, you know, X Factors. Uh, so it reminded me that uh, they showed a great behind the goal uh, 
look at his save. So uh, I, I finally got to figure out how he saved that one. And I, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. But uh, that's what we got coming up. Uh, mark it down. Pete says 2-1 and OT. I say OT and I am uh, an indecisive message board moron that can't make a call because I don't want to say that the Billikens will lose an OT. Um, we're going to kick it over to our uh, little mini, mini interview uh, with Jack Raboyne, um on Marty Simmons staff at SIU, or not SIU, uh, Eastern Illinois. Uh, and he's the, a former Billiken walk-on. So enjoy that. That's coming up right now. All right, Billiken fans, a special guest. For some reason, we, uh, we're having opposing coaches on the uh, on the podcast lately. We have the assistant to the head coach of Eastern Illinois and uh, former Billiken walk-on Jack Raboyne joins the podcast right now. Jack, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Always good to be here, so I'm excited. Yeah, we... we uh, uh, we we kind of circled this one in, in our texts back and forth when uh, when uh, we found when you you actually confirmed that you guys would uh, be playing the Billikens at SLU. So uh, thanks for the scoop on that one. Always happy to give you a little something. Yeah, th we uh, definitely appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, we were just wondering if you could go ahead and just walk through all the plays that you guys are going to be <laughs> running on both offense and defense on uh, on Friday, if you don't mind real quick. No, I'm, I'm a young coach, but I'm not a dumb coach. I can tell you that. Uh, got to keep some stuff in the back pocket. I know that Coach Ford and his staff do a good job uh, scouting, but we got to keep some stuff that, you know, they can't find out about. So well, it was worth a shot. So you guys play uh, Northwestern tomorrow. Uh, big test before you head down to SLU. Yes, it is. Yeah, Northwestern's very talented this year. Obviously, a Big Ten team, um, you know, pretty physical, um, like to play inside. Uh, obviously we saw that game against Lindenwood last week. They were really good on the defensive end. So um, we just been working all week about, you know, trying to protect the ball and stuff like that. It's kind of a good matchup going into SLU. Um, pretty similar opponents as far as, you know, really pressure you on the defensive end, get up in your face, um, stuff like that. Offensively, it's a little different, but the defensive end is definitely similar. So uh, what's it like now that, uh, so you worked under Jay Spoonhour and now you have Mar Marty Simmons comes in. He chose to retain you, which is, awesome for you man i'm, I'm so yeah. happy um but how is how has life changed uh in the program what's the what's the biggest difference over there um i would say this year it's more fundamental oriented um last year it was more kind of loose uh, i would say more professional style as far as like we expected the players to do stuff like they were expected to get shots up like we just kind of threw them you know passing the ball and we didn't correct their form when coach simmons got here from day one it was you know, working on footwork, working on hand placement on the ball and everything. So we're kind of teaching them fundamentals and then going into the more uh, strenuous stuff. But that's what I would say. We, we just built everything from the ground up. And it's uh, it, it's kind of like what Coach Ford teaches. Just, you know, the first couple of weeks of summer, we brought them in and all we did was stationary shoot. And then we, we just built it up from there. Um, you know, the old school, he played for Coach Knight and Coach Cruz. I mean, he played for some great coaches, coached with Coach Cruz forever. Um, so he, he's got that, you know, the style with him that you, you got to build it before you can go do other stuff. So I'd say that's that's the biggest thing is we're actually coaching a lot more this year than, than what we did last year. You think that has more to do with him, the new coach specifically, um, or the fact that last year it was such a senior heavy team? 
Um, I think this is how Coach Simmons operates. Um, he obviously wants things done his way, and he, he's got a certain way. I mean, he and Coach Novsek, our associate head, are, have been very successful. Um, they, and when they were at Evansville, their last three years, they had the conference leading score every year on their team their last three years. Um, so they, they just got guys that can put the ball in the hole, and they teach that. So I think that's his style. He, uh, he has a very specific way. He teaches the motion offense, which a lot of guys, you know, want to just run ball screen after ball screen after ball screen. You know, he, he teaches the motion offense, which a lot of these kids that we recruited, you know, they haven't played that way most of their career. So we just teach the fundamentals, back cuts, pick, you know, all that stuff. So that, that's just his style. This is a series that has been going on for, for quite a number of years, given the, the Spoon Hour slew connection. Uh, was there a question as to whether or not it would continue or was it kind of a no brainer? Um, I don't not no brainer, but Coach Novsek and Coach Ray are, are pretty close. And then obviously I, I get in Mike's ear rather frequently and just say that, you know, I want this game pretty bad. And Mike shot me a couple of dates and I took him to Coach Novsek, who does our scheduling, and we made one work. So I think it was a little mixture of just still having that connection that, that always helps you in, in these situations. So I want to ask you about the not just the coaching transition, but kind of the personnel transition from last year to this one. Because, like I, like I mentioned before, it is it was a senior heavy team last year. Um, I think the top six scores, and then like seven of eight and eight of ten, were all seniors. And I think only two of those guys are back, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Um, so, how are you looking to kind of uh, replace uh, the, you know the, the production that 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 left to graduation last year? Um, I mean, a big piece we lost was Marvin Johnson, obviously transferred to Oklahoma, and he was a guy that flirted with a couple triple doubles last year. So we lost volume in him and Josiah. And when you take those two out, you know, they were a big chunk. So we're trying to get six guys to fill those two spots is really what it's going to be. We need more people to be at, you know, eight to 10 points a game instead of having those couple guys at 20. We're, we're trying to have more production throughout the lineup. Um, obviously, bringing these guys in, that, that's what you're going to get right now. Um, from the start is we're going to get hopefully some production one through 10, you know, instead of just having those one or two main guys and the rest of the guys are just kind of like George Dixon was just a rebounder. He didn't score much for us last year, um, but he was a bulldog in there. He just grabbed offensive rebounds. So hopefully we got guys that do both, you know, they get some offensive rebounds and then you get six or eight out of them and, and we go from there. Looking at, uh, at the game against Slew, how much has Marty uh, kind of consulted with you at all? Uh, if any, uh, concerning you know the the play style of the Billikens and and what Ford wants to do on offense and defense um we've had a couple meetings um just kind of gone over just the basics right now obviously we were focused on Northwestern throughout the weekend um coach Walker has the scout um for St. Louis and so he and I have met two or three times a day for the last four or five days just going over just intimate details um watching the last couple games from last year and then obviously just trying to break down anything we could from from what we got for this year um but obviously with Javante out, we don't have much of an idea what, what changes are going to be made. Um, we can only guess on that and, you know, read into it as we may. Um, hopefully we get it right, but I don't have any inside scoop as much as I would like to have some on, uh, on the changes that are going to be made, even though there's some really good friendships there. Uh, neither one of us are kind of budging on that. And, you know, we'll put the uh, friendship aside for a couple hours at seven o'clock Friday and be good at nine. So. Your two leading um, returning scoring players are Sammy Friday and Kashawn Charles. Do you think they're kind of the number one and two on the roster in terms of, uh, I mean, obviously they're, they're the, the most veteran players now. Um, do, do you look at them as the top two options or do you think some of these uh, transfers have an opportunity to be your, uh, you know, top, top point getters? 
Um, I think that it's wide open, honestly. Um, we, we have guys that can step up, and I think it's going to be a different guy every night. I don't think that we're going to have a guy this year that goes out and leads us in scoring every single night. I think it's going to be a pretty consistent rollover of, you know, this guy's going to lead us one night, and the next night he might have four, and somebody else gets 12 or 16, you know? So it's going to be – I don't think we're going to have a guy, like I said, that breaks out and scores 18, 20 a game. Now, obviously, somebody might come and surprise us, and we just continue to go to him because we're going to play the hot hand. I mean, we got somebody scoring well inside. We're going to keep going to him. If somebody's hitting threes, we're going to try to get it inside and kick it out to him. Um, but yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say that they're 100% our number one and number two, but I think on any given night, Sammy could lead us in scoring or Kay could lead us in scoring. Um, Kay went down to SIUE last year and knocked down, I, I don't even know, six or eight threes and led the team in scoring after not scoring for two games before that. So he, he's a guy that once he sees the ball go through the net, the confidence level just goes through the roof and he's a good shooter. So he's going to shoot the ball whenever he got the opportunity. Can Sammy play on, on, on any other day, but Friday, is that? Is that required? Is, it, is, is he like, you know, Sammy Friday? That's, yeah, no. <laughs> I got you, I got you now. Yeah, yeah no, sorry. I, I'm a chucklehead, you know that. <laughs> I do. Sorry, uh, yeah. let me put on my hard hat. That joke's still in construction. Um, oh. Yeah, go ahead, Pete. You I want to ask you specifically about uh, Miles Baker. He's actually a guy, um, like, you know, truly nerdy slew fans like me who kind of follow all the recruiting and stuff like that know because we offered him out of Whitney Young High School. Sure did. And and I'm 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 kind of wondering um, what does he bring to you guys and and, and how's he been uh, looking so far? And do we have to worry about him? You know, playing with a chip on his shoulder. You know, not winding up at SLU, but playing a couple of years at Central Connecticut under Danielle Marshall. Um, Miles and I actually have not even talked about the SLU connection. I don't think that Miles knows that I know that he was offered. And I remember whenever I saw the tweet come through, I'm pretty sure it was my first year on campus that, that we offered Miles. Um, but yeah, Miles is just a good shooter. I mean, that's, that's what he did at Central Connecticut. He's a good knockdown shooter, um, good ball handler. He does a lot for us. Um, he can bring something different to the table every night. Um, it's been a little bit of a transition for him. As far as like just teaching the fundamentals again, he kind of, you know, did things his own way at Central Connecticut because they didn't have that structure. But once we got him in, I mean, he bought in and he's, he's been shooting the ball well um, for us. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be an option for sure. Is there a guy on this team that uh, could step up that maybe isn't necessarily expected to, but could be the, the game breaker uh, Friday night if you guys are to, uh, to you know, be in it down the stretch and potentially come away victorious? Well, I mean, we all know, I mean, people listen to this podcast, especially that Slew's going to be dominant inside with the way that things are looking right now. You're possibly starting, what, I mean, two guys at 6'9". I don't even know how much they weigh, 250 at the four and the five. So, I mean, Jermaine Hamlin's going to have to have a big night for us if that's the case. Um, he's an Illinois transfer, got beat up by Kofi and Georgie last year in practice, the year before in practice. I mean, he he knows how to battle with those posts, so. We're going to have to get a big night from him. And then any of our guards are just going to have to step up and knock down some threes. Um, obviously, being at SLU for three years, I know that whenever the smaller teams came in, we struggled if they hit a couple threes on us. I mean, those were the nights that we struggled. Maryville, I remember my senior year, came in and knocked down like 15 threes, it felt like. And that just takes the wind out of your sails. Um, so if we can come in and knock down a couple shots early and, and get some mojo going, I think that's, that's going to be our, our best bet. So, again, we have four or five guys that I feel confident that could step up and, and knock down one or two shots early in the first half and then, and then get it rolling. Um, so that's going to be big for us, just knocking down the first couple threes. You've got um, a, a lot of transfers on the roster. I think I'm counting 10 here total. Not, not that all came in. I know there was a coaching change, so a lot of them are new and yes. not all of them necessarily this season, but 
Um, are they all eligible this year? Are you waiting on waivers for anybody or they're no, all clear? everybody? Yep. Everybody's good. Yeah. Okay, so we got cool. very lucky there that everybody was good to go as, as soon as they walked in. So. That great. Pete, go ahead. I, I, I'm just the chucklehead in this one. I'm just. So what's the, uh, what's, what's the travel schedule between Northwestern and SLU? Are you, you just um, coming straight back down? No. So we're actually, we play tomorrow night at seven. We'll bus back to Charleston. NCAA mandates we take the off day Wednesday because we have to have the off day at some point during the week. And the way our mm-hmm. schedule falls, Wednesday's going to have to be the off day. Get to work uh, Thursday. We'll probably practice in the morning. Get on the bus, come down. Mike got us a practice time at seven o'clock at Shafitz. So we're going to practice from seven to eight, eight thirty. Just get some shots up in the arena just so the guys can get used to it. And then Friday morning, we'll have team breakfast, go through some film, and then we shoot around at noon and then game time's at seven. So um, kind of stinks. We have a short, short prep. You know, I'd like to have a two day prep for sure and yeah. go through all this stuff because obviously Coach Ford's playbook is not one or two pages. That thing's a binder and, you know, right. it builds every year. So, um, it's going to be hard for me to narrow down what I, what I want to show everybody and what I want to explain to coach Walker. Um, but we're going to have to, so just go with the, go with the stuff that I, uh, I think they're going to go to and hope that that's, hope that that's right. So are you the lead on this, on this scout? Um, uh, coach Walker, coach Walker is going to have the scout. Um, I'm just advising and trying to help him with everything, explain gotcha. the actions and stuff. So the thing about coach Ford's offense is you can have 15 different sets that all have different hitters out of them. So, 32 quick, 32, you know, you just have different things. And then there's different actions and different plays that are kind of the same um, heavy action and different, you know, calls and stuff like that. So as long as you know the initial action, then you can kind of guess what's coming based on the second call. The problem is that coach Ford doesn't usually have to verbally, you know, yell that across the court. Yuri's kind of the four general. So it's going to be hard to catch those signals. And I'm going to have to really watch that. So. Uh, you're the, uh, I mentioned you were the assistant to, to Marty Simmons and, and I, I kind of was going to give you some crap because you know, the Dwight Schrute assistant is the regional manager. Yeah. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's that role kind of, uh, laid out, uh, what's your role, uh, as the assistant to the head coach? Um, that kind of changes on a day-to-day basis. So whenever Marty first got hired in April, I was the only guy left and he obviously retained me, which I'm very fortunate for, cause I've learned so much from these guys, but um, Coach Simmons just took me under his wing. And so it was just me and him. So with an NCAA waiver, I was able to recruit up until we got our third assistant. Um, so I was able to do all of that. I was able to do, you know, all of our summer stuff and everything like that. I was out on the road for a weekend um, early in the summer before we got our third assistant on. Um, and so that was nice at the beginning. And then as we've gotten our staff put together, I've more transitioned into an advisory thing. I just would go into Coach Simmons' office. We sit down, we talk game prep, whatever. Um, you know, just bounce ideas off of each other. If he's got a question about what something we need to do in practice, if, you know, say we need a press break drill, you know, he asks me what, what I have in my bag and I throw it out there and we, we kind of dish it out and see, see which one we want to use. So he's, uh, he's really leaned on me, which has been cool on a, in a couple of situations. And obviously he's there for me to ask questions too. So it's been a real learning, you know, real learning position for me, which is great because he's got great experience and great connections and a good history. So it's been nice. We got to talk to the SID over there and the webmaster, get you a, a real bio on this website. Man. I couldn't <laughs> yeah, we, do adequate research. <laughs> yeah, I uh, haven't really sat down with anybody. I've been there for a year and four months now and haven't really sat down with anybody to get a picture or a bio on there. I need to probably do that. But that's, you know, I'm more about the basketball thing than the, than the look. So I'd rather just kind of fly incognito. 
So um, how, how far is, uh, is campus from, from where you're, you're, you're pretty close to home, right? Yeah, it takes me uh, 14 minutes if I go in the morning and it takes me 17 minutes if there's any kind of traffic. So, so this that is just like kind the closest, of like the closest thing to like a local D1 job as you could probably have, right? Yeah, this is my hometown D1. I mean, this is, this is D1 um, for our area. Illinois is 45 minutes from our house. So mm-hmm. we always went up there and, um, but yeah, Eastern's been the, been the local spot forever. Um, yeah. So as you're kind of moving up through the ranks in your career, it's going to be bittersweet because you're never going to come this close to home again, unless you, yeah. you know come back in a different, different position. Correct. Yeah. I mean, and my mom will hate when I say this, but St. Louis kind of became home, honestly. I mean, I'm down in St. Louis as much as I possibly can be. So I think looking to go back there is more is more in my wheelhouse than staying in the area, um, you know, 10 years down the line. I think my girlfriend wants to go back down there. She's looking at dental school at SIUE um, and, and she'll get in here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, so she'll be down there for four years and then that's where she'll want to be. So I'm, I'm looking to try to migrate back there in some way, shape or form eventually. Um, obviously got to spread my wings and, and go uh, go coach some other places first and then hopefully make my way back to St. Louis. She played soccer at SLU, correct? Correct. Uh, have you been, uh, I know you guys have been keeping an eye on the team down here. What did you guys think of the, the tournament? The uh, so, so impressive. I mean, those, those girls showed incredible toughness. Obviously, Hannah finally getting some quality minutes. You know, she's been hurt, a little dinged up all year, so she's kind of had a minutes restriction. Getting her to start on Sunday, I think, was a big big help for Katie and everybody. Um, you know, Hannah brings a lot to that team, big leader. And she's, uh, her and Brie, Brie are the only two that actually, you know, have been a part of all four championships, which is pretty special. Um, but yeah, having, having her back, I think was big for Sunday. And obviously you got a lot out of, um, all the, all the new girls as well. But yeah, I was pretty impressed because early in the year, it was, was kind of on the fence there for a while. I was a little nervous. They just couldn't break through, but they, uh, they figured it out. So your games at the same time as theirs on Friday. Uh, so yeah. is your, is, which which one is your girlfriend watching? I mean, is she, she will, is she going to be streaming be, you or them? No, she will be streaming them from about the fourth <laughs> row behind the eastern bench. I can tell you that right now because we talked about that on the bus ride up here. I texted her. I was like, "Oh, you're in a little bit of a predicament." And she uh, she hadn't seen the tweet yet. She was working still, so she uh, yeah, she's already figured out that she'll just stream that from Shafitz. Hopefully, there's not too many people doing that, and she can get a signal, but. What what was the reaction to the uh, to the draw? I mean, you got Ole Miss, an SEC team, not not the worst uh, outcome, but then you got a, a team in Rutgers looking ahead. What did uh, let me let me tell did? you exactly what she said? I she uh, she seemed pretty positive about it. I'll be honest with you guys. I think we were too. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting her to kind of be nervous because you know SEC. I, I I mean, I don't know women's soccer outside the A10. Honestly, I study it pretty hard in the A10, but I don't know much outside keep of that. Girl happy. Yeah, I mean, and we sit down and we watch all the games together. So I learned a lot. Um, I wasn't a big soccer guy until I got to St. Louis either. So let's see here. This is good radio. <laughs> oh, she uh, she pointed out SIUE plays Notre Dame too. She's uh, She follows SIUE a little bit with her connections because she's a local girl. She's got a couple of friends there. So she said they got a way worse draw than we did. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, so Xavier got kind of screwed too. Did they? Yeah, they have. They, they? they should have been seeded, and they weren't. Yeah, they were eleven in the RPI, and they they didn't get a top sixteen seed. Dang, I don't know where that text went. So much good conversation, you got to scroll through. I know. I mean, I didn't think we texted this much on the bus. I guess I did a halfway decent job talking to her. Huh? 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta pay attention to the players on the bus. Make sure they're not getting rowdy in the back. I was trying to talk to Justin about SLU on the way up. Oh, okay. Here I said, I said Ole Miss, and she just said, "Well, that's not a bad draw. They're decent, but nothing crazy." So I like that. That's that's a good way to I, put think, it. I think that's where where we landed too. So yeah, that's the that, that's I pretty much uh, the the sum total of our what twenty five minute analysis there. Yeah, we went for twenty five minutes and came up with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'll, I think, it'll be close. I think they're still a little salty because had the NCAA tournament, you know, been held the way it normally is, they would have had a home game last year instead of having to play neutral site. So right. I think they really, they really want to get a game on Herman and they, they know that they're good enough. They deserve a game on Herman. Obviously this year, the record just, you know, didn't go in their favor, but I think that, you know, having to go on the road as good as that team is, is always a danger for an upset because they're not as, you know, bad as you would say that their ranking, you know, shows. So, they, they definitely are undervalued always by the NCAA. So. Well, I think actually this year it's kind of funny because uh, it almost seems like the NCAA paid them a little respect because okay. they, I mean, the NCAA easily could have set them up against a one through four, right. You know, and they didn't. So, and I guess, you know, you could, they, they could look at it and say, okay, Hannah Larson's down with an injury. Hannah Friedrich, Frederick is, hasn't been playing up to her level because of injury. So, I mean, it feels like for once in a blue moon, St. Louis University got some respect for historical, um, you know, uh, being good historically. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, a, it's an exciting time for men and women's soccer over here and uh, exciting for you, man. I'm, I'm happy for you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you again in Chaffetz uh, on Friday. Yeah. I'm excited too. I'll stop down for warm-ups and, uh, and pop in and say hi. Hopefully you will. I hope to yeah. see you. Yeah, man. All right, dude. Well, uh, go get some rest and uh, good luck against Northwestern. And uh, hopefully you guys come out victorious because it'll look better. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm going for a dub. It's all that matters. All right, buddy. You take it easy, all right? All right, Thanks, good to Jack. see you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. See you.